You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Wednesday, we are one day out from the NFL Draft. We're going to go through every single team here the next two days. We're going to start with the NFC today, AFC tomorrow. Just go through every team, where they pick in, how many picks do they have, What's the plan? What's the, the the quick and dirty plan for each of these teams in the NFL draft? And then, of course, we'll have everything covered Friday and beyond of everything that happened in the NFL draft and who all these teams selected and all the storylines. And uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a bizarre draft. And I can't wait at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Get those questions in probably over the weekend during the madness of the draft. You have questions that pop up. Tag us and we'll get to those on our first post draft Tuesday Twitter mailbag episode but Matt let's just get into this run through all of these NFC teams right and starting the alphabetical let's go to the Arizona Cardinals like what are we looking at here with the NFL draft Arizona Cardinals picking 16 overall yeah there's a couple things I kind of wanted to stress here is believe it or not this late in the process I haven't looked team by team what picks everyone has, you know, wow, they have three extra fifths. I didn't know that. Maybe they don't want to trade down. Maybe they'll trade up. You know, those kind of things don't get talked about. Mm-hmm. Everyone always talks about the top two rounds or whatever. But Arizona is a perfect example of this from the opposite direction. They have picked 16, 49, and then all the way down to the fifth, six, seven. So they're probably going to get two things. So I would think at 16, they'll be listening to trade down offers. You know, they've been linked with some of these running backs. I don't think they can afford to do that with just two picks. I would think they want a receiver and a corner. And I wonder, would they take Elijah Moore at 16? His stock is on fire. Uh, That feels high, and that's exactly why I think the Cardinals, you nailed it. They don't have a third or fourth round pick. They are a fantastic trade-down candidate because I would be looking at corner and – you probably talking about Greg Newsom there, and and I could see That's Greg Newsom's yeah. zone at pick sixteen does not feel at all. I think I had J.C. Horn going to him in my first mock, and J.C. Horn's going to be long gone. It looks like Patrick Sertan's yeah. going to be long gone. Farley with the injury concerns is who uh, the locked on Cardinals folks had going in the ultimate mock draft. Spoiler: If you're still listening <laughs> to that, um, Greg Newsom trade down. I could see a receiver for sure. It is a need. But um, that's why I like going through all these teams and looking at what picks they have. No third, no fourth round picks. They got to be listening to offers, and I don't think sixteen is a great fit for what they're looking at for need marrying value. No, I think you're right, and they should definitely be in the market. To, hey, if they can pick up a third, great. Um, I, I mentioned more just because I know we have fifteen other teams to get to, but if they're going to go back to heavy four wide stuff and space players, I bet they're going to yeah. like. More and more and Tony, like all these little fast guys, I think they'll be really interested in. Right. And on the outside, they're set. Right. Yeah, so right. somebody that's a slot weapon. And I think Elijah Moore's got a ton of helium and definitely could be that player that maybe the casual draft watcher would be surprised at how high he goes. Because everybody I talk to loves him all of a sudden and he wasn't being talked about at all early in the process. I'm not the first to say this, but man, he reminds me a little of Antonio Brown. I know that's lofty, oh, but wow. it, 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 more so than these other slot types. Antonio Brown, by the way, signed today with the Bucks. We'll get to that at the yeah, end yeah. here because we're going alphabetical. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons, who are drafting four overall and really hold the key to a lot of what's going to happen in this NFL draft. They have uh, picks in round two, three, four, their normal selections, and they got three fifth-rounders. They've got a couple of sixth-rounders. So they're a team that has a ton of picks. They have more than their allotted seven draft picks. I don't think they're a team that needs necessarily to trade down. 
except that they've got some major cap issues in. That might be the idea of why you're trying to trade Julio Jones, or at least willing to listen to offers on Julio Jones, because they've got to fix their cap situation. And the best way to fix a cap situation is by an influx of rookies. Yeah, right. Very well said. I don't have much more to add to it. We don't know who's going three, but the draft kind of starts here. If they trade down, they could be able to add a lot of defensive talent. You know, I mean, that's what Mm -hmm. they need the most. But if you stick and pick, they're probably going to take, what, Lance Fields or Pitts. Then I think that 35th pick almost has to be defense. Do you find it fascinating that no teams are connected to Mac Jones except for the 49ers at three? It's like yes. uh, if Mac Jones slides from three, he's not going to go four. He's not going to go two or one. Uh, I, I just think that whole thing is fascinating. And who the 49ers select really could have a huge impact on the Falcons. Let's say the Falcons only like Trey Lance and the Niners take Lance at three. Well, then maybe they'd be more willing to move out. Or if yeah, the 49ers yeah. don't or take their guy, Pitts. then they stick there. Yeah, and, and Kyle Pitts is a great weapon. He's a great tight end. Maybe you need that extra pass catcher if you are going to trade Julio Jones. So the trading of Jones, the drafting of Pitts kind of makes some sense to replace a pass catcher with a pass catcher, too. So I can see how some of these things really all work together like a puzzle with the Falcons and how the rest of the draft goes. Hinging on the third pick. You know, I mean, if Mac Jones goes, maybe they just take Trey Lance and love him, like you said. Or if, if Jones is still available, I don't think he'll be a Falcon. But I think Pitts will be or teams will be trading up for Fields or Jones. That's what's so interesting. I mean, we, we rarely have the advantage of knowing who the top three picks are going to be. But I wish I knew who your Niners were going to take. I'm sure I don't, I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, 49ers, <laughs> 49ers Twitter, by the way, is about to burn the whole place down. It, it's pretty <laughs> It's pretty amazing what's going on right now. It's a lot of fun, actually. Let's go to the Carolina Panthers at... Eight, which is another team, and it might hinge upon what happens at four with the Falcons, right? And they're division rivals, so it's not like the Panthers are going to move up to four, and I think that was part of maybe they might have gone to three at some point. Maybe that's why the 49ers wanted to move up early, and then the Panthers went and, went and traded for Sam Darnold instead. Are they out of it at quarterback if the right quarterback falls? Is it one of those things where every team loves, say, Justin Fields, and if the 49ers take Fields, then nobody wants to move up? If the 49ers don't take fields, then everyone's calling the Falcons or everyone's calling whoever to try to get up there and get field. It could be that sort of a situation, which is so fun about the dominoes. We don't know exactly. And I feel like it's really odd that everyone's really quiet about fields. If someone like Fields or Lance falls to eight, I feel like the, the Panthers would absolutely take them. I wouldn't condemn them at all for that. Part of me thinks they're playing possum, though. And there's we're not we're, we're not sure if we're going to pick up Sam Darnold's fifth year option until after the draft. You're picking up Sam Darnold. Oh, you don't make that trade unless you're picking it (laughs) up. Yeah. I mean, even if Johnny Unitas falls to him at eight, I mean, they're picking up Sam Darnold's option and then trading him a year from now or whatever. My hunch is that this won't be a quarterback. I would not kill them if it is, but I do think it'll be best offensive player available to make Darnold's transition easy. And Rashawn Slater seems to just make too much sense. I like it. Yeah. Sewell, there's a chance Sewell could fall there. Uh, I think they're doing pretty well at wide receiver. So Yeah, offensive. although I think both those guys are free agents after this year, DJ and oh, Anderson. Oh, very good so, point. Very good point. And I if mean, that's I best, think Waddle or Smith could be in play at eight. And if that's the best player available. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Darnold if, would sure like it. And if you're set on Darnold, your guy's not there in the draft at quarterback. It, it could be a, a, a team that is willing to move down as well, right? How about this? I, I was listening to Mel and Todd's podcast the other day, and Mel said, what if Darnold goes to this new team and sitting there thinking, wow, they're going to get me Slater or Waddle or Smith, 
and instead they take a quarterback. That's like Rosen-esque. You know, like every time I think I have it better, they just squash me back down and take my competitor or successor. You know, yeah. like, I was like oh, that's pretty pretty good way of looking at it. Uh, one other note for the Panthers is, remember last year they drafted all defensive players? Like, can yeah. you see that again? This could be the spot where they go corner and sort of steal that first corner from a team like the Broncos or the Cowboys that are expecting all the corners to be there for them, and they can mm-hmm. get the first defensive player off the board here at eight. So that's a dark horse pick, I think, too. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Uh, there's subsequent picks. I don't have a real strong feel. I feel like they can kind of go best available to some degree. I bet one of them's a receiver. I bet one of them's an offensive lineman. Um, they have plenty of needs, but I just think they're not desperate to do anything. Another fascinating team in this draft is the Chicago Bears at 20 overall. Absolutely a team oh. that I think is going to be on the phone with folks, right? Like they could absolutely go up. How high could they go up? How much are they willing to spend on a young quarterback? Andy Dalton, one-year contract, perfect stopgap, absolutely doesn't change anything as far as draft plans and going to get in quarterback. And in fact, to me, it says we're preparing to add a rookie quarterback here because this is exactly this type of situation you do add a rookie to is when you have a one-year veteran stopgap starter in place. And there are some other needs, wide receiver, um, the, a number oh, of ways you can go. Yeah, at, at pick twenty, if you're the the Chicago Bears, I think you know off the tackle, um, corner. It seems like every receiver, team needs corner. Yeah, every team yeah. needs more receivers, more cover guys, more people to block up front, right? More pass rushers. So almost every team in the back half of the first round could go OT, could go pass rusher, could go wide receiver, could go corner. It seems like, but quarterback is the big question with the Bears. My thing with this team that I just don't approve of is this is a big trade up team or trade for Cleo Mack team, you know, and history shows you want to be on the trade back side of those deals more often than not. Mm-hmm. So they're in this situation again. They only have four picks in the top 164, you know, like they don't have, we're going to be dealing future picks yet again. Like they're always mortgaging out the credit card to go get Cole Komet or, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you right. got to trade back and just accumulate some assets. <laughs> yeah. And that's sort of why it makes sense with what a team like the Rams are doing because they've made right. big trades, gotten rid of first rounders, but they're adding a ton of other picks and the bears continue to be aggressive. And you're right. Like if you're trading a bunch of assets for these players and, and Cleo Max of the world, you can't be giving up extra assets for Cole Komet on top of it. That's why I end up with Andy Dalton. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're out of options. You know, trading up one spot for Mitch Trubisky when it's completely unnecessary. That's the heartbreaker, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up, Dallas There's Cowboys. A lot of that with this <laughs> We're going alphabetical through the NFC. Dallas Cowboys coming up next. Peacock and Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Ten Ten, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. Ten Ten is an exclusive collection of. 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful this Mother's Day. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. 
Hey, football fans, want to tell you about Nugenics. The number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. That number is 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and Lean Muscle Mass. Nugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. What do you think about these Cowboys? Oh, by the way, I do want to remind everybody about the live draft show going on the Locked On Podcast Network along with the Draft Network folks. Go to the Locked On NFL YouTube channel to find that. We'll be going live. It's awesome. So many uh, analysts, and I love the work that the uh, Draft Network folks are doing, and all of the Draft Network guys are involved in the Locked On Podcast Network and in some fashion, the Draft Dudes and the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast and some of the team shows as well. So uh, that's going to be a fun tie-in live show happening throughout the NFL Draft. If uh, if you don't like the big national coverage that gets somewhat uh, annoying and redundant sometimes and trying to push storylines and stuff, um, yeah, I think you are going to... If you listen to podcasts like this, you're going to love the live coverage from the Draft Network yeah, and Locked yeah. On uh, throughout Draft Weekend. And I know you have a busy Draft Weekend, right, Matt? Hopefully you, you hold up for, oh. for all those hours. Yeah. I, every year I go on the air, basically start to finish every minute of Steelers coverage for Steeler Nation Radio. That starts today. Didn't plan on going down this road, but I got my second Moderna shot yesterday, and it's kicking my butt. Yeah, I should have maybe postponed it a week or something. timing know, right but. there. So I'm fighting through it. Uh, yeah, I saved my my second shot for next week, so I'll be all that stuff. But um, it's going to be a fun draft. It's going to be a marathon. Dallas Cowboys on the clock at pick 10 in this draft. What do you think? Some movement there? It's like it's become so chalky, and I don't like it. If I do a mock draft, it's like, yeah, you throw a corner there. Patrick Sertan has been mocked so many times at the Cowboys, it feels like it almost can't happen, right? Yeah. You know what, though? And I don't have all the connections but the Dallas coaching staff has insane connections to the Horn family. So Jerry's obviously going to make the decision, but I wouldn't blow me away if this is Horn and not Sertain. Or if Sertain goes, they hesitate zero and take Horn. Um, quietly, everyone kind of laughs at the cow. Oh, Jerry Jones runs the show. He's not a football guy. This team drafts as well as any. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they have five picks in the top 138. I think that, I don't think they're going to trade up from 10 because I think they'll get a corner there, but they're in really good shape to get better. And I think Dax to the point where he makes everyone around him so much better. I mean, remember what they were playing with last year. I mean, I think this, ch- ch- this team has a chance to be really good looking once the draft ends. Well, first of all, football guys don't draft all that well anyway, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. So, there's that too. Um, by the way, on the horn subject, there is, I've seen a lot of people on social media that are trying to sleuth all this stuff out. Joe Horn is like looking for property in Frisco, Texas on his social oh, media yeah. and stuff like that. So there might be some connections there with JC Horn and who knows Horn might not, might not even be there for the Cowboys at 10. I think teams really like JC Horn in this draft. I think you're right. Although 
I think he's more of a man coverage corner, although I think both these guys are, and they can do both. And this is kind of a Seahawk-like defense, yeah. but they just want size at that position. So they're going to get a good one. I do think Jerry Jerry loves drafting O-Lyman. If Slater's there, I wonder if he thinks twice. Slater, for sure a fit. Uh, they could go, I mean, they obviously. play guard Pitt. until Smith is gone. I you saw know? Pitts early in the process to them there. Maybe even they could trade up. I mean, they just, they got to go defense, right? Maybe even yeah, an edge rusher. 20. But I think offensive tackle, edge, if they do go corner in round one, tight end, some of those other positions they can definitely target with some of their other draft picks. And they have plenty of picks. They got a couple of third rounders, a couple of fourth rounders too. So they can do some other maneuvering in, in later rounds as well. Yeah, they got a lot of draft capital. I think they're in really good shape to get better this weekend could be on the move let's go to the Detroit Lions who have pick seven and I'm just throwing it down right now they will not pick seven overall in this draft Matt where are they going to pick is so. the question who's coming up to seven for that quarterback that is the spot and that's the move for this team I mean like I'm sitting here looking at their draft picks they only have six picks they have an extra third from the Rams and the Stafford deal and they're all in the top five but they need 10 picks <laughs> you know what I mean like I must say you need a million seventh rounders like Minnesota did last year but trade down Bring in 10 new prospects to the team at all different positions. That's how this thing starts. They do have an extra third rounder from the Rams. Uh, no sixth, no seventh rounders in this draft. Mm -hmm. But they need a lot there in rebuild mode. Don't like the fits of, of the players that will be there for them. I don't think you're going to plug in a wide receiver. It doesn't feel like this regime. You know, you're, you're not biting kneecaps with a with a yeah, wide receiver, think. right? So maybe an offense. Not, not one of the Bama guys. I mean, right. Chase maybe. Yeah. Penny Sewell, I could see that. You know, just – yep build up the most beastly offensive line you can and, and if they do stick at seven I think quarterback even if they, they stick or if a team trades up I think there's a good chance a quarterback could go in that slot still I like Micah Parsons overall but if they stick at seven and take Parsons I'm going to go I think the wrong people are taking care of this, yeah, this project I'm with you on that I am totally yeah. with you on that especially if they're turning down offers Right, right. I mean, Spielman looks at it and says, I gotta have a linebacker like that I'm like, eh, I don't know that's where you start this project <laughs> I'm totally with you on that how about the Green Bay Packers? Picking all the way back at pick 29 overall. they got a bunch of draft picks. They've got a couple of fours, a couple of fives, a couple of sixes. They've got their regular second and third rounders as well. Uh, plenty of ammo. I think if this team wanted to move up a little bit to get that yeah. corner, I feel like corner far and away is the position uh, they need to be targeting. They brought back King on a one-year deal, but this guy, I mean, he has a target on their back, essentially, uh, in the playoffs, and it was it was getting bombed on left and right. I think your guy Elijah Moore would make some sense here, too. That Randall Cobb mold of wide receiver for the Packers, but uh, they like their trees at wide receiver, and I don't think they value drafting wide receivers high either. So to me, it just screams corner, but I don't know if a first-round caliber corner will be there for them at 29. Yeah, you know, we were mentioning... I think Newsom would be the home run, but mm -hmm. you know, we were mentioning him at 16 for Arizona to start the show, you know, and I think there's a really good chance that's where he lands. If he gets into the 20s, I'd be calling. You know, they do have 10 picks, you know, extra ones in four, five, six, so that would make some sense. But if you trade up, you know, then you probably are going to be short on linemen or wide receivers. Like their O line's not as set as it usually is either, but. It, 29 does seem like a little bit of draft no man's land for them. It does feel like they would have a better shot at getting an offensive tackle worthy of selecting at 29 than a corner. Maybe maybe this is a team that could because they do have enough players like they you know this is one of those teams where it's like okay we we could start the season tomorrow if we want to even though we do have some needs. 
I could, yeah, be fine. I could see this team saying, look, we could take a shot at Caleb Farley if he falls, even though he's got mm, his injury concerns, like and even if he's banged up to start his career in, in training camp, is eventually healthy in year one, can start playing, and then we've got our, you know, our super athletic shutdown guy starting in year two. I Farley, I could see here of all the corners. Farley screams to me a team that has job security. Yes. And you win 13 games back-to-back years, perfect. Yep. <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> Let's see. Let's go down to uh, where we at the uh, Los Angeles Rams here. Los Angeles Rams do not have a first round pick. They're picking at 57 overall in round two. Then they got a couple of thirds and they're picking once in the fourth, a sixth and a seventh. Uh, I think they could continue to move down and add more selections. They are a team that has really been aggressive to fill their top needs, but they still have a ton of needs. I think an edge rusher for oh, them, if it was available at 57, uh, interior, offensive line, offensive tackles, uh, maybe just best offensive linemen available. You got to keep Stafford upright, which is pretty important, I think, right now after trading for him. Yeah, they do need a lot. I mean, their defense is sprinkled with needs. You lose two prominent defensive backs. I think a center, a left tackle of the future. I mean, how much longer do you count on Whitworth? And so, but the chart, you know, this team does the same kind of all the time. I and mean, they always end up with an extra pick in the mid rounds. So they'll probably trade down at one point. And, you know, they'll end up with mid round picks, which that's why they have that stars and scrubs mentality. It's a really interesting team building method. But it wouldn't shock me if two of their top three picks, if, you know, two third rounders are offensive linemen. Whitworth, who's, well, he's got to be 40 years old by now, right? He's got to be, right? I think so. Then you've got David Edwards, Brian Allen, Austin Corbett, Rob Havenstein. I mean, I yeah. feel like you could add Not some Jack talent. Not Slater. And, right. Bobby Evans, they drafted a couple years ago in the third round. Uh, they got Joe Noteboom there. I mean, it just obviously they could add some talent. The best offensive lineman available is probably what I would be mocking to them at 57. Maybe an, me, an edge player. Me too. And, and I think Ramsey and Donald – you know, certainly alleviate some defensive concerns, you know, that you don't have to have 11 high-end starters on that side of the ball when you have those two dudes. Whitworth, 39 years old, born in 1981. Wow. He'll turn 40 in December. It's got to be his last year, right? I mean, in how long is he, how many games is he going to play? You know, they better find some kind of tackle. Heck of a career. Great career. Heck of a career. The longevity there. It's pretty awesome. And he's still playing at a pretty high level. At some point, he, he'll stop playing at a high level, though. Yeah, I mean, he's got to prepare for the future without him. Absolutely. He's on borrowed time. Absolutely. All right, we'll finish it up. Minnesota Vikings next, and we'll round out the rest of the NFC in alphabetical order. What's going on with these teams? Draft needs, how many picks they have, draft plans for the 2021 NFL Draft next. We're running out of time to get involved with some of these draft props at betonline.ag. A couple of interesting ones here with Penny Sewell over under five and a half. Trey Lance over under pick six and a half. And some of the information we're getting now on what's going on with pick three and pick four, Kyle Pitts, five and a half, Trey Lance, six and a half. Starting to really feel like both of those are going to be under. A ton of other over-unders on different players, which teams will pick what at the top. We've got win totals now on the 2021 season for teams. And, of course, the other sports that are going on right now, NBA action just about every single day, NHL, Major League Baseball, poker, awards shows, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can't imagine. Free to sign up. Just go to the website, use the mobile app, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code 
Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The winner of Built Bar Madness, the best flavor as voted on by Built Bar Eaters, Coconut Brownie Chunk, is now back in stock at BuiltBar.com. Go pick yourself up a box. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off or build your own box of any flavors you want of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate. Get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's locked 15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. The Minnesota Vikings at 14 overall. Another team that I think thinks could go well, and as we know, the NFL draft never goes as consensus thinks it's going to go. So I think the Vikings are in a spot that it looks like on paper they could be just outside of of getting one of those blue chip players they're hoping to fall. But as we know, there's going to be some bizarre player or two that goes in the top 15 picks that might push one of those players back to the Vikings. So who knows? Maybe they will be sitting there and Rashawn Slater's on the board and they're like, okay, thank you very much. Yeah, you might be right. You'll often see Vera Tucker mocked here. And I think they'd be very fine with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a kind of a chalkish pick. Um, I think Derisaw could make some sense. Uh, I certainly could see them taking their choice of the edge rushers. If Jalen Phillips is clean, he'd be a great addition to this defensive front. But remember they made like 13 picks last year. And they have 10 picks in this draft, too. I mean, extra third, a fourth, a fifth, uh, two-thirds. I mean, are they four-thirds? Or three ah, four-thirds, I'm sorry. Uh, Four-fourths. <laughs> that was hard to say. <laughs> so they have a lot of picks here in these mid-rounds. And they brought in so many young guys last year. I wonder if they'll be aggressive trading into round two, things like that. Maybe not in the first round. Right. No second, but when you've got, what, eight picks in the next three rounds? Move up. Yeah, go go get your identify something and go get it. And maybe it's that edge offensive lineman combo. Let's say they were able to move into the second round. Do you like the combination of going Vera Tucker at 14 and an edge in round two or taking the best edge potentially off the board and going with an interior or offensive tackle uh, in the second round after moving up? It's a good question because I think both positions have decent depth where, you know, you probably aren't getting to the very top of round two. It's probably the mid or late round two. Uh, I think there's plenty of guards slash centers that could play guard. There's also a lot of edge. So I'm not sure either strategy is a bad one. Vera Tucker is so safe, though. I just think that's an easy pick for them. Yeah, it's very safe. It is quite safe. New Orleans Saints, 28 overall. They've got their regular pick in round two and round three. They've got an extra third-round comp pick at the very end of round three at 105. Uh, no fifth rounder and an extra seventh rounder. So overall, they do have one extra pick in this draft. They're a team that goes um, very aggressively after trades. Yeah. Uh, I could absolutely see the Saints on the move. What would they be on the move for? And, and what do you think you're looking for at 28 and hoping you're falling if you're the Saints? They always startle us. They always do something big. And I wonder if this is a year you can't do that anymore because you've had such massive cap problems. Do you just need to bring in those, you know, three, you know, second, two thirds mm-hmm. and have some cheap labor for the next four years? At 28, I think I always mock to them one of these space receivers. I mean, it's often Tony. I prefer more. Um, 
I think the line is set. I think the rest of the offense is basically set. Uh, a linebacker makes some sense to put next to Demario Davis. You know, maybe Jamin Davis or Zayvon How, you know, Zayvon Collins, somebody like that. Corner was something they shouldn't turn their nose up either. I don't know if they can be a. I, I, this seems crazy because I always been like, this is a the year they come back to earth. They can't be aggressive. They are who they are. Yeah, yep. they don't care. <laughs> they don't care at all. It's pretty right. amazing, and they have enough picks that I don't think they need to go crazy and trade down and add a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Um, and you know, stop me if you've heard this one before, but corner edge wide receiver, another one of those teams. And, and we're going to see a run on a lot of those in offensive lines. Another one that maybe the saints won't be targeting, but I think we'll be on a run at the end of the first round. That's going to be the story there and where, what order those edge guys go in. Um, Kadarius Tony is the name you mentioned there. I haven't talked a lot about him on this podcast. I don't think either one of us have. He's one of the more interesting evaluations here because I could absolutely yeah. see him being a slam dunk first rounder for some teams. The, you put it on, it's like, okay, immediately you, you you can tell, okay, this guy's a little different. But is he different in a way that's going to play in the NFL? So I have some questions there with him, and I, I bet some teams are like, ah, I don't like him at all, and some teams are like, oh, please give me him in the first round wherever I select. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings on him too because he has massive amounts of juice. I mean, there's no question about that. I always picture him in that dome with Peyton scheming him up and everyone counting, you know, keying on Thomas yeah. and Kamara and get him a couple manufactured touches. But my problem with Tony is he's not very disciplined. He kind of freelances, and I don't know if Peyton would be into that or not. Very video game style, and he's yeah, a, he's a yeah. magician getting away from tacklers. Sometimes it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, uh, he's got a lot of ability. New York Giants. They will not move because Dave Gettleman does not move in the draft. So they're sticking at 11. Who do you take at 11 for the New York Giants? And by the way, they are down a fifth rounder and down a seventh. So it would be nice for them to move. I think it might be a smart move. But there's going to be a pretty good player for them at 11, which is probably why they they will end up not going anywhere. Right. I mean, they have six picks. They'll probably make six selections, uh, including staying at 11. I think Micah Parsons is a play, but I, if I had to put a chip down, I would say I bet it's a big guy, you know, that it, maybe a Derisaw. I think Vera Tucker probably lands here, you know, that they look at Solder and Thomas and say, we're okay there. We'll put the guard here, and Vera Tucker could end up at left tackle if Solder falters. But they're a hard team to predict. I mean, could this be Quiddy Pay? Sure. I, I mean, that wouldn't blow me away. I mean, I would trade down if that was my approach, but I don't think they will. Wouldn't be shocked at all. Or or something crazy like Gregory Rousseau, right? Because he meets yeah. their, their size profile. They like the big players there. So offensive tackle, I mean, if Slater's there, I think it'd be a slam dunk, which is why mm-hmm. nobody believes Slater's going to get to the Chargers or the Vikings at at 13 or 14. Wide receiver, I think he'll be a big guy. I see wide receiver often mocked to I them. I don't get that. And I don't see it. I, I don't think it would happen, and I don't think someone like – um, Devontae Smith at 166 pounds is somebody that Gettleman's going to be doing backflips over drafting. And I just don't think they have the need at wide receiver anymore. No, I mean, what not when you give Galladay that kind of money. And I don't know if Shepard's in the long term plans or Engram, but you roll those guys out with Saquon and Slayton. I mean, maybe they use a third round pick on a receiver, but you just spent tons of money on Galladay. I mean, this is going to be a big guy. How about this? The NFL draft is always so bizarre. The two teams that never trade. How about we get a trade between the Giants and the Bengals? That would be fun. <laughs> That'd be right. Philadelphia. Never going to happen. Yeah, definitely not. They don't even have each other's phone numbers. I don't know what the odds are, but I would not put money on that one. Um, <laughs> there are some fun props to bet online as well. That uh, If we had time, we should probably get into some of those. But uh, the Philadelphia Eagles here are picking number 12. They have moved twice. Oh, no. They moved 
once in this draft, but part of the three-team sort of a, a swap where after the Dolphins went from 3 to 12, then the Dolphins came back up from 12 to 6. The Philadelphia Eagles now picking at 12. Devontae Smith, I love for them. Getting a first plus Devontae Smith, I think is huge value because I'm a big fan of Devontae Smith, and it's looking more and more likely that Devontae Smith will be there for them at 12. But what about some alternate selections for the Eagles at that slot? Yeah, they have a ton of draft capital, especially when you factor in next year. I mean, they may have three firsts next year, so they could be aggressive throughout the draft. I don't think they'll trade up from 12, but they could be players to move up a couple spots throughout the round. So that's something to really note. And they got a lot of the picks this year, too. Um, I think 12 is a good spot. And I think that the both Bama receivers have a chance to land in Philadelphia, either one of them. I mean, you prefer Smith. I prefer Waddle. But it's kind of, you know, splitting hairs. Yeah. And you probably don't have the choice of both at 12. What about a corner opposite Slay? You know, Horn. I don't think I'd have to be one of the top two. And I don't think, you know, they may both be gone. Yes, and, and this is why I think pick 12 was a spot that had value, which is why I think the Eagles were okay with going to 12, because I think there's 12 sort of blue chippers. I think most teams would be really into 12 players. Now, that, they might not have a choice. So if all three receivers are gone, that means maybe a corner is there. If all the corners yeah. are gone, then that means maybe a wide receiver is there. So I think they can just sit at 12, and they they have a, a list of 12 blue chippers, and then find out who's left for them. I think you're 100% right. I mean, I think it'll be... One of the two Bama receivers or Horn, you know, and one of the three will be there and they'll be happy about it. And uh, I guess quarter. I mean, look, if one of the if, if Justin Fields is there, I'm, I'm turning the card as fast as I can. Right. Yeah, I am. Are they? I mean, I think they've come out and say, you know, all, all positions are there's competition for. I think they're married, but, you know, that could be next year's project. I would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, mm -hmm. Or I would field offers for an awesome deal. I'm not right. a Jalen Hurts believer, and I'm a huge Fields believer. They're not even close to me. Are you buying all this silence about Fields as if he could actually fall out of the top no. 10? It, it makes zero sense to me. No. I think when we do 30 for 30 2021 draft, it'll be like everyone thought they were playing this little Fields game. but <laughs> Fields, yeah, Fields it, goes number, love them. What if Fields goes number one? That would be a good one. Because <laughs> apparently that was the Jaguars' process as they looked at their top three guys and it came down to, to Lawrence. Wilson and Fields, and they put him through all sure. the tests, and I'm sure it's going to be Lawrence, but at least they they didn't just stop at Lawrence. Like They did work, and they came to the conclusion that those are the top three guys. I agree. I mean, I think he's number two pretty two. clearly. I, look, it's not a 100% chance that Wilson goes to. Uh, Fields to two would not be the most shocking thing in the world as far as NFL drafts go. It would shock me, I mean, at this point. I mean, I've, maybe it's just been ingrained in my head so many times that the top two are yeah. set. But that's who I would take. I mean, I think both of us probably would when it's all said and done. There's at least the one team that's going to be like, why is Fields still here? Pick four, pick seven, and go up and get him at least. Like That's that's why I don't see it at all a possibility that he falls past seven. But who knows? I've been wrong about that before, yeah. and the league sometimes just doesn't like guys. And like Aaron Rodgers in 2005, trickles all the way down to pick 24. Yeah, I mean, weird things happen. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, don't, think that, I don't think the league is down on Fields. I really don't. The San Francisco 49ers? Might draft Mac Jones at number three, much to the chagrin of 49ers fans. Uh, it wouldn't make much sense. It would be a waste of resources to go from 12 to three to draft Mac Jones and not even take the, the best quarterback that they could at that spot, in my opinion. But it's it, all signs are pointing to that unless they have some tricks up their sleeve, which is still possible. Um, pick 43, they have a second rounder. They have a third rounder. They have three fifth rounders. Yeah. So... 
Uh, I'm so shocked. I mean, after a huge trade, they still have nine picks. They didn't you know? trade I mean, anything. Yeah, they didn't trade anything from this year in that in that move. So they have all their selections. What I'm looking for from the 49ers because we've talked to pick three to death is that second, third round range. I think there's absolutely a possibility there that they package some picks and go up. Maybe they go up from 43 hmm. to try to get a corner. Maybe even back into the first round. Like uh, corner's a huge need for me. Depth now, uh, a person to compete for a starting job now, and then future, they absolutely have a need there because a bunch of guys on one-year deals and a bunch of guys that have an injury history like Verrett and Kwan Williams there that are penciled in to be starters this year. So corner's huge. I think wide receiver's huge. I think they could use a better downfield threat, especially with whatever quarterback they drafted three is going to be a better deep ball thrower than Jimmy Garoppolo to open some things up there because they have a lot of catch-and-run types, although Kyle Shanahan loves his catch-and-run types. So I guess if you're going to go a Shanahan type at three with Mac Jones, you get another Shanahan type slot receiver, too, on day two. So I can see that some interior offensive linemen but I'm looking for them they're going to move up from either their third rounder pick 102 to get higher in round three or into round two or up from round two I think they're going to continue to be aggressive and continue to go upward in this draft hmm, interesting um I hadn't thought of that angle because they lost so much next year I thought they might even try to trade down recoup some future picks um you know but and corner other, makes a lot of sense here's What's the that? other thing uh Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo might be the right, thing right. that gets them picks next year. I, I think they'll right. utilize their picks this year. I think a team that trades for Jimmy G would be like, here's a conditional Future third second. next year yeah, or whatever right. that maybe could become a second you know, or something crazy like that. I don't know what even the, the market would be for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I have the feeling now that he is not going to be on the roster at the end of the weekend. The Niners have the 117th, 155th, 172nd, and 180th pick in four and five. I'm going to bet a million dollars that <laughs> – yeah. Dalman, the center from Stanford, is one of those picks. Oh, I love it. I think Kendrick Green would be in the conversation there, late three. But I think Dalman, value-wise, just because he's only 299 pounds, he's, his dad played for the 49ers, by the way. I don't think that really has an impact oh, on what the 49ers that. do. But locally, I'm sure they saw him and everyone saw him at the Stanford Pro Day. Yeah, Chris Dalman, his dad, was a was a 49ers offensive lineman. But yeah, fits the wide zone to a T. That fourth, fifth round range, I think, is perfect for Dalman. I'm going to have a mock draft. Uh, Thursday morning at Locked On 49ers, Drew Dahlman will be in it. <laughs> Seattle, Seattle Seahawks have only three selections in this draft, a team that should probably be yeah. moving down and adding more picks because they do have plenty of needs on the roster as well. One this, of them is a seventh rounder. Yeah, yeah, one of their picks. So they got a second at 56. They pick again at 129, and then they pick again at 250, and that's it. I would think... I don't even know. I mean, it's something like Houston we get to, it's going to be hard to guess what they're up to. I mean, at least they have a lot of picks. Seattle, if you can find some kind of pass rusher at 56, great. Uh, I mean, if you can add another offensive lineman, I think a receiver wouldn't be terrible. I mean, maybe even a running back. I mean, it's hard to think about Seattle because they could use a little bit of everything. I don't think they'll take a quarterback, but they have two picks, really. I feel like they need a pass rusher and an offensive tackle every single year, and they draft a bunch of defensive linemen and offensive linemen. They're still not good. That's 100% true. (laughs) So that's probably what they'll do again. Some a big tweener on the defensive line. Mark it down. Right. Um, I'd be like, wow, I thought he was going to go in the fifth round. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have re-signed Antonio Brown. So, I mean, short-term deal, right? We'll, Run it back. Was man. it a one-year contract? I think so. Yeah. And then I heard somebody say this is the first time in history, well, since free agency existed, that the Super Bowl team brought back every starter. And he's kind of like a starter in addition to that. Wow, that is very interesting. Yeah. So what do you get the team that that has everything? Well, they have so many one-year deals. So essentially they're they're prolonging it one more year, keeping the Super Bowl team back together, but 
They've got to replace a wide receiver. One of those guys is not going to be back, or both of them is not going to be back with Chris Godwin on the franchise tag, Dominic and Sue. Um, so interior defensive line, uh, a pass rusher. I would be really looking at Barmore if he's there. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, be he's a little spot. bit unrefined. You could bring him along slow. I also thought Owe, you know, you know that you could rotate him in with those mm-hmm. two defensive ends. Eventually he takes over for Pierre Paul. You're hearing a lot of buzz. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but more and more buzz about a running back there, including Javante Williams. Um, I guess that makes sense, but is that the Chiefs' mistake from a year ago? When you think you have everything, you take a running back, and it's not a good move? <laughs> we saw how that works out poorly right. for you. Like, if ATN's still there or something, it, like a guy right. that's just too good, and you're like, oh, this guy's too good. He's way ahead of everybody else on our board. we got to do it. Like, I get why that would happen. I personally wouldn't do it. Um, but and maybe I think this could be a spot where we see that surprise player, right? End of round one, a guy that nobody has in the first round. There's a couple of interior defensive linemen, maybe they could sneak into that thing. You know, Milton uh, is it Milton Williams out of Louisiana yeah, Tech? Be. Yeah, it has like a, a a bunch of fans right now. Um, there is the you're right could the, be the undersized Davis Mills, maybe quarterback. Yeah, like Trask, Kyle Trask. I mean, they yeah. they need a future quarterback. Uh, we talked about Whitworth. I mean. Tom Brady's what four years older than Andrew Whitworth, so <laughs> it's so yeah. They better add one at least on day two. I mean, I would think those are the two most obvious names. You might have to trade up in the second round to do it, or trade back in the first. Or... That's a good one. Interesting. Look out for Kyle Trask there. Yeah, that's a good call. And let's finish it up with the Washington football team real quick here. Picking at 19, a lot of the same stuff we said about the Bears, I think, applies here. They're one spot ahead of the Bears at 19. Quarterback, trading up for a quarterback should absolutely be in play. If that's not possible, though, what are they looking at at 19? Yeah, kind of like the Bears, kind of like we were talking about Tampa. I think there's a really good chance that Mond, Trask, and Mills are all second-round picks, which is a rarity. Maybe Washington at 51 be in that market. Um, I, I've heard that they've been trying to get aggressive to get up to maybe even the seven. That would be really interesting, but that's going to involve future firsts and whatnot. I think 19 is a pretty good spot, though. I mean, Micah Parsons, JOK, Tevin Jenkins, something along those lines. Yesterday was the four-year anniversary of the Kansas City Chiefs moving up in the 2017 draft for Patrick Mahomes. All it took was ah. a future first and a third to go from 27 to 10. Wow. Washington, you throw a future first and one of their extra, they have two thirds in this draft, throw 74 and a future first with 19, go up into the top 10, go get your quarterback. At that price, absolutely. Love it. Let's do it. Washington football team, done deal. They're moving up to seven with the Lions. I think think their roster is in pretty good shape that they can manage that storm. I feel like the Broncos... Will 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 talk themselves into not needing to go up for something, Ooh, even if they're looking at quarterback. And the Patriots just don't seem like the team that are going to make that drastic of a move, and and they're going to be asking for future ones. And five picks later, is the Washington Football Team. If you're Detroit, you're willing to go to 19. If you're willing to go to 15, right? I would think. I mean, if they give me a little extra sugar, sure, give me a lot of picks. Done deal. That's what they need. Washington yeah. on the clock at seven. Glad we got that figured out before draft. Yeah, we got that. Little- Hashed out. Right, no cool. reason to even watch the first hour or two of the draft. <laughs> Good stuff. Tomorrow, AFC <laughs> will go through every single team in the AFC draft morning. It is almost here. And Matt and I will have you covered on everything that happens draft weekend right here. Peacock and Williamson.